0: we also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! How many were able to watch uh, our Israel documentary? Man, if you haven't watched that, I really would encourage you, make it a priority this week. Uh, it's a long documentary, it took a lot of work, um... It was a long process. Uh, You know, it's about an hour. Just the documentary itself, I think, is just about an hour. So um, please, if you have not watched it, I would encourage you, if you're a part of this house and you call Casey uh, your home, uh, get connected to what took place. That was in the beginning uh, of December, really. I think I got back. Yeah, I got back on the 15th, I believe it was. Uh, The 11th to the 15th. It was a short trip. So uh i would encourage you watch that it's it's just i'm it, still i i mean i'm still living the overflow of that in fact uh there's some stuff happening this week uh out of town that i'm a part of connected to that and there's also i did a two part television interview this week with um uh like a, on a political tv show with uh an israeli that lives in israel that's on the ground one of the main guys that's uh in charge of uh, I think it's called Freedom Now uh, campaign and they've got bull- billboards everywhere and, and just an amazing, amazing continued conversation about what's taking place uh, in Israel. And I, I think, you know, it's funny that, you know, coming back from Israel, uh, I see clear. I see clearer than I've seen before. When you go somewhere and you come back, you see clearer, hopefully, right? And uh, it just boggles my mind to see some of the stuff that's still happening. Not not in the war, but just even in Canada. And the the war within Canada, the civil war within Canada on this issue. It's like a civil war. It's a complete divide. And even in the church, you have this divide. And I don't know how you can be a kingdom, biblically literate individual, and not truly see what's really happening. You know, when you have a biblically literate perspective on what's happening, it changes the conversation. There is no argument when you have a proper Bible perspective. You can argue all you want. You can argue the social element. You can argue the political element. This is not a political thing. This is not a political war. This is a spiritual war manifesting in a physical war. It's a spiritual one. It's been a spiritual one for thousands of years, all the way back to Genesis 17 all the way back to the promise that God gave Abraham and his descendants forever as the land of Canaan. And so, we need to get into understanding the issues of our day by seeing things from a Bible perspective. One of the biggest breakdowns that happens is that we wrestle political issues of our day without a Bible perspective. We vote without a biblical perspective. You hear what I'm saying? We engage life without a biblical perspective. You cannot be a kingdom person if you do not approach life and everything you do 24 hours a day outside of the church with a biblical perspective. In your career, in your job, in your family, everything is to be approached from a biblical perspective if you're going to live a kingdom life. Matthew 6 says, pray that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. That his will would be done, not just on Sunday morning but in every area of our life, right? Are you here? Is anybody here this morning? Let me I'm going to take a break for you on the, for coffee break here. Hope that helped. We we need a biblical perspective. We need to get into the word. Let's let's make 2024 a year for more of the word. Can we do that? Not watching, you know, conspiracy theory YouTube channels all day long about how the Nephilim's all around. Politicians are on the Nephilim. Justin Bieber's the Nephilim. I'm talking about getting into the word. I was talking to somebody this week. Actually, we had this, we had a seven-hour meeting with somebody this week. And um and very, very good, amazing God conversation. And I was just talking about how when when I gave my life to Jesus, there was no YouTube. You know, and I know I'm not the oldest person in the room, so you guys were like you. Those that are like in their 70s, 60s in the room, you know the evolution that's taking place. But I thank God that my journey began before social media and before YouTube because I had to learn to take out my shovel and dig into this book. I couldn't just go watch something and regurgitate something that someone else said. I had to find it and mine it out of the mine myself. I had to get my pickaxe out and search for gold all night in tears, wrestling to hear from God out of this book. And I would sit literally for four to eight hours a day sometimes. Sometimes I would sit there for six hours just writing out Scripture onto my laptop from the book. Because I knew that if I could get the words through my hands, or through my eyes, through my hands onto something, that I would retain it and I would absorb it differently. And I would study for hours and hours. And so I learned how to sharpen my own pickaxe. I learned how to find gold and silver in a mine that was dark. But now it's so hard because you don't know what to believe. Your reference point is this YouTuber and that YouTuber. This social media influencer, that social media, well they said this and you, but no, you you got to get to know this book through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you the tools you need to mine out the gold. I'm not saying all those things are bad, you know. I'm on all those things. I believe in all those things. But only as a supplement. Not as the main. That's not the main course. You cannot live on just taking vitamins from a bottle every day. You need real food. Those vitamins are a supplement to the real food that you eat. All those other things are supplements to you taking out your shovel, to you taking out your axe, sharpening it every day, and getting into the Word and wrestling it so you don't become biblically illiterate and then miss out on what God is doing because you let the culture of the day define and govern your perspectives. Are you hearing me this morning? This is a word for us in 2024. If we're going to elevate our perspective and we're going to war for things differently in 2024, the starting point has to be this. This is the framework. This is what builds the house so that it can be filled with nice things. If we don't have this, we have no frame. Try living in a house with only a foundation. No, we build on the foundation of Jesus Christ by his word and truth so we can fill that house with good things. We need the framework. We need the infrastructure. This helps us create, helps us frame our lives properly so we can live the life that God's called. Look how bad my, look how broken my Bible is. This has been around the world. Look how, look at this. Uh, By the way, I don't need a new Bible. Don't feel bad for me. I have tons of Bibles at home, but I will choose this Bible because I like how messed up it is. But your your Bible should look like a mess if you open it up because you're studying, because you're reading. Now, I know some of you, you only read the Bible on your iPad or whatever. That's okay. I'm not judging you. But I just want to encourage you, like, don't let yourself get so inundated by social media, podcasts, and YouTube that it compromises and takes the place of you taking out your own shovel, your own pickaxe, and wrestling with the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing that? Are you you here? Let me let that sink in and say loud moment for a second. Someone's getting it. Someone's getting it. You know, I, 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 this year, I was really pondering sort of how we ended 2023. And I was thinking about um, some of the things that took place in December. Super thankful for what God had done in my own life um i definitely feel like i had an elevation of perspective just being in israel i felt like it 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 grounded me different i felt like there was this closeness to god's heart that i hadn't felt before in light of all that's going on and i have this sense that god is really restoring the fear of the lord in our lives the reverent fear of the Lord. Because that, Proverbs says, and Psalms says, is the beginning of wisdom. If we want wisdom, we have to have a reverent fear of God. Not a, a, afraid hiding like Adam in the bushes with a fig leaf because of shame. But a reverence and honor. It's a hallowed be your name fear of God. Matthew 6. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Honor is due to your name. I give you high honor out of reverence because I understand who's who. I understand who you are. And as a result, my life will be a reflection of that. That's the beginning of wisdom. And I have this sense that if we're going to war like we're supposed to, we have to have a fear of the Lord. We have to have a biblical literacy. They go hand in hand. They they go hand in hand. I I I would wonder. I wonder if we were to, and, and I, I'm just throwing this out there, and I'm proposing this to you. I just wonder what would happen if you were to take away media for. I remember when I first gave my life to Jesus, I didn't watch a movie for two years. Now I'm not saying do that. I I, I don't hear that. I'm not put any legalism or con, that was just my journey initially. I remember I would be I was living in Minnesota, and my friends would want to watch a movie. I don't want to watch a movie. I didn't watch TV. Not because I thought it was bad. I just felt the Lord had other plans for my eye gate for a season. And it was in that season that God built such a strong framework in my life that I'm still living from today. I'm thankful for those seasons. Now, you can't necessarily live in those seasons forever. I mean, I'm a, I was a single guy, you know, not married, no kids, different season of life. I mean, I was a wildly all-in, like 24-hour-a-day individual in this. But it built something in me that I'm still living from today, and I'm thankful for that. It put this awe inside of me towards who God is, this reverence towards who God is. Now, have I failed? Have I, have I made mistakes over the years? Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Nobody in this room lives behaviorally perfect In God's eyes you're perfect because if you're stamped by the blood of Jesus, he sees you as perfect. You know that? You know that? He sees the blood of his son over your life. Your behavior won't always match that because you forget. That's why we do communion in remembrance of me. Because we forget. When we forget, we act out. We do stupid things. We don't act as though we really are. When we forget who we are, we act as an orphan, not as a son, not as a daughter. We forget that we're a part of family. And I was reflecting on this December and and coming into the new year this week, I was really praying, God, what's like, I, I don't feel I'm supposed to give a a, a word necessarily for our house, like a, a systematic word. This is like the, the theme of the season. I don't want to just repeat things for the sake of repeating them. I really position myself. And I heard this so strong in my spirit. I heard this word from God, and he said this to me, he said this, very simply, I want wayside warriors. I want wayside warriors. I want you to write that down for a second. And it hit me. It hit me strong, and I'm like, God, immediately I knew what he was talking about. I'm like, what areas in me are my soil, the soil of my heart so hard that I cannot embrace the seed? That you're giving me. That word wayside literally when, if we're referring to the parable in Matthew chapter 13 and it's in three other Gospels, the parable of the sower, when a seed falls by the wayside, it falls on ground that does not embrace the seed. And the birds of the air come and devour it. Why do the birds come and devour? Because it didn't die. It didn't get into the soil. The soil didn't open up. It was hard ground. So it just laid there on the ground, the farmer plants the seed, it lays there on the ground, it's exposed to the elements, and the birds of the air come and snatch it. What areas of your life are the birds snatching the seed of God from you? Maybe it's financially. Well, maybe there's hard ground in that area of your life. Maybe the birds of the air are snatching some things from your life because... This area of your life specifically is not opened up to God's plan and God's wisdom and understanding to allow the seed to be embraced by the soil. Are you hearing this? Maybe you're in a constant fight or battle with your spouse or a co-worker or something because maybe somewhere in your heart there is a pride that's hardening the soil of your heart. And so God's trying to get in, but He can't. And so every time you kind of get a little bit of a breakthrough, the birds come and take the seed. God wants wayside warriors in 2024. And there's this parable, and I want to go through this uh, just in a a moment here. And we're going to do communion at the very end. But the first recorded parable of Jesus, according to the synoptic gospel accounts, is this parable of the sower found in Matthew 13. It's also found in Luke 8 and Mark 4. It's the first parable that Jesus Christ taught to The people. And any time you have anything that's in first place is very important to watch. And in fact, this parable is considered the parable of all parables. This parable is considered, according to Mark chapter 4 verse 13, the parable from which you understand all other parables that are going to come after. If you don't understand this parable and understand where you sit in this process, you're going to miss out on every other thing God wants to do in your life. Is Anybody here? Knock, knock. I said, knock, knock. Hopefully you. Before I read this parable, it says in Mark chapter 4, verse 13, which is another account of this parable, the parable of the sower, speaking of a farmer planting seed four different types of soil, four different responses. Speaking of the gospel message going out and how people receive the message or don't receive the message, what it produces, what it doesn't produce. It says in Mark chapter 4 verse 13, Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all other parables? In other words, this parable frames your ability to understand and contextualize every other parable in your life. So when you read the scripture and you read the parables, a parable simply is an illustrated truth locked or hidden inside of some sort of uh, real life moment. Jesus would, as a rabbi, would teach his disciples this way. They'd be walking around on the trail and be like, hey, look, see that fig tree over there. I'm going to give you a spiritual life lesson through this fig tree. I'm going to give you a spiritual life lesson through a story about a farmer who goes out and plants four different types of seed. And your heart is the soil. Your heart is the soil. How you respond really determines what's inside of you. What comes out of you determines what comes into you. And he's giving this parable to to hopefully unlock understanding in people. In a parable, think of a parable like a treasure map. And on the treasure map is hidden a treasure. And the only people that find the treasure are those that actually search for the treasure on the treasure map. But when you, when you think of a, a, a parable and how Jesus spoke to the people, he spoke to the people in general in parables, knowing they would not understand. So it's like taking, I used to always say it like this, taking a, a treasure map, crumpling up in a ball, throwing it at an audience, knowing nobody would catch it. But it was a test for his disciples to see if they would pick up that crumpled piece of paper and then, then privately seek him to understand the mystery of the parable. This is how it operated. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the, the, a parable is like a, a treasure map hidden that was released and only those that pick up the crumpled piece of paper and decide to pursue the truth of that parable will truly understand. And this is why Jesus would often uh, have this encounter with his disciples in private. They would say, Master, Teacher, Rabbi, what were you meaning by that? Well, to you has been given the mysteries of the kingdom because you're pursuing me in private. But to them, on the outside, I speak in parables because they won't get it. It's a contest. It's like I'm putting bait on the hook. I'm throwing it out there. And only those that are really hungry will actually bite the hook, bite the bait. And if you bite it, I'll reel you in. But you got to bite. You see what I'm saying? You're talking with me. Man, it's really dark in here. So this is the first parable. Let me read this parable to you. Can I read it to you? Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him. by the way, I've been in a context where I've seen the exact area, for example, where Jesus, you know, shared the Beatitudes with the people. I've seen the area where this probably would have happened Of course, there's a reason why often they'd go out into a boat and onto the water because it would amplify the voice. There were no microphones back then, so it was easy to amplify. That's why if you're at a cottage, you can hear people talking from far away on the water because it amplifies the voice, even if you're kind of whispering. So always be careful what you say when you're on the water because every neighboring cottage can hear you. On the same day, he went out of the house, sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him. So he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Verse 3. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower, someone who has seed sow to sow to give, went out to give to sow to invest. And as he sowed, some seed, everyone say it with me, fell by the wayside. And the birds came and devoured them. Now we can go into the stony places. We can go into the thorns. We can go into the fact that it fell on good ground and yielded good crop. But we're just going to land here in verse 4. That he sowed some seed and it fell by the wayside. And the birds came and devoured them. Why did the birds come and devour the seed? Because it fell by the wayside. Why did the birds come and devour the seed? Because it fell on soil that could not embrace the seed. It fell on hard ground. You know that every Sunday you have the choice to embrace the seed that God wants to speak to you or reject it. That's why people often, listen, they're not necessarily changed forever in a service like this. They are changed forever when they apply what they receive in a service like this. You got to go home and water the seed. You got to make sure your ground is fertile. You got to make sure your ground is soft and ready to embrace the seed. Otherwise, you'll get something. It will feel good. It will land on you, but when you walk out the door, there's a bird waiting for you. So oh, I know this guy. I know this girl. They don't practice anything. They don't. They don't practice what they believe. They don't. They don't have an open heart. They kind of go in. They get their ears tickled, but they don't change. They look the same. Everyone thinks of the same. And I'm just waiting as a bird at the door to snatch that seed. Because these birds are hungry. These devils are hungry. To take everything good in your life and take it from you when you leave these doors. Because you choose not to open up your heart fully and then water the seed when you leave. One of the number one things that I was taught as being mentored by some of, like, the most amazing people on the planet. One specific mentor of mine... It's revolutionized my life. It's based out of Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. It talks about the gospel, 10, 7 and 8. Preach the, the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. And he says this at the end of the verse, freely as you have received, freely give. He taught me this. He said, listen, if you freely receive something, right away you have to go freely give it away. Because when you do that, you activate the impartation on the inside of you. If you receive encouragement to encourage somebody and you leave right away and you encourage somebody, it's like watering that seed. And when you water that seed, you produce fruit. Are you here? Can we bring the lights up a little bit? I need to see your faces. I feel like it's a little dark. A little dark. I'm getting tired looking at you. Somebody look like you're falling asleep here. But you, we, we need to activate the impartation within us. If we don't activate the impartation within us, we're missing it. We're not watering the seed. It's like throwing seed in our garden and hoping it's just going to grow something. No, you gotta, you got to open it up, put the seed, you got to put the soil around, you got to make sure it's fertile, you got to water the seed, make sure it's out, has good environment, has good sun, it's not too much in the cold, it's not too much in the shade. Like, you got to make sure it has the right elements around it for it to grow. You have a response, it's called stewardship. The farmer has a responsibility to have stewardship. To steward his seed. He doesn't just throw seed randomly everywhere and hope it just grows magically. The birds of the air came and devoured them because the soil did not embrace the seed. I want you to think about this for a second today. And in 2024, what areas are you not embracing God's investment into your life? Think about all the areas that he's trying to get your attention on for a long time. Why is he trying to get your attention on those areas? Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your business. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your personal life with with Him. Maybe it's your devotional life. Maybe it's your time. How you use your gifts. uh, How you spend your free time. I don't know what it is for you, but you know there's a nudge on the inside of you. There's like a seed that's been dropped on the inside of you. It's just there. And if you don't water that seed, if you don't let that seed get into the soil of your heart, guess what? You will forget. It's called a seared conscience. When you forget what God does and God's done, and you forget and you don't, you no longer feel the conviction, it's because your conscience has been seared because you said no over and over and over again and all the seeds have been snatched from your soil. The birds of the air are waiting at your door. They're waiting at your door to not allow you to grow up into the person you're called to grow up into. The enemy knows that if he can take these seeds away from you before they can bear fruit, you will stay as a baby Christian, a baby believer. How many know some baby believers out there? No? Anybody? It's like the New Year Blues or something. Am I, am I like delusional up here? Punch your neighbors. Say, wake up. Punch them. Like, punch them really hard, please. Like, I'm like, Charlie horse level. Punch them. There you go. There you go. Punch the chair if you have to. He spoke to them many things in parables. A sower went out to sow as he sowed some seed, fell by the wayside. And I love how it comes in in verse 9, the end of this parable. He says this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Not talking about physical ones, spiritual ones. Because there are people that are hearing every Sunday but don't ever practice. Those people have ears to hear but are not hearing. Those people have eyes to see but are not seeing. You're hearing every day. You've heard the same thing over and over again. But you've never stepped out. People talk about, you know, like tithing or offering. They hear it over and over again. They never stepped out. They never tried it. They got all their religious pennies in and out. You talk about tithing or offering. They think you have a motivation. No, just teach them the Bible, man. I'm the delivery man. You don't believe it, take it up with God, but you wonder why things are in disarray in your life. You've not trusted God with the most holy thing in your life. The most important thing for you, money. You've never fully trusted God with your money and you wonder why things are in disorder because He's the God of order. So if these things are not in order and there's a reason why Jesus said, and Jesus talked more about money than He did about prayer. Matthew 6, 24. You only got two masters over there. You love God, you love money. There's a reason why he addressed that. Because if you don't put God first in your money, everything else comes into disorder. It's the love of money that is the root of what? All kinds of evil. You got some evil around you? I wonder if you've trusted God with your money. I'm throwing it out there. Happy New Year, by the way. That's a kind rebuke. No, because here's the thing. I hear people complain all the time about all this stuff. They talk about it. Talk, 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 talk. You don't, if you don't live it, you are that person with seed on hard ground that the birds are constantly snatching from you and you wonder why you're missing fruit on your tree. Are you hearing this? Let me be a prophet in the house right now. That's what we need to hear. God wants to slap us in the face. I've told you over and over and over again in the Word. You've heard it over and over again. Seeds have been dropped. You've been closed off because you have an issue with money. So when someone talks about it, it's like, oh, there he goes again. No, you're missing it. Your, Your soil is hard. And that's why the roots, the root of all kinds of evil has manifested in your life. There's dysfunction. Start with The main thing. Start with the first thing. He wants your best crop. You don't believe it, take it up with God. Fight God on that. I challenge you. You have an issue with that, wrestle God on that this year and see what you come out with. See what happens. Wrestle Him on it. Don't talk to me about it. Don't argue me about it. Wrestle God on it in the Word. Talk to Him about it. Watch what happens. You still with me? So why is seed falling by the wayside so devastating? Because the heart is not supposed to be hard. When the heart is hard, things cannot multiply. Listen, when your heart is hard, let me tell you this. Your heart in that area is anti-kingdom. If your heart is hard to an area that God is trying to get you to listen in, your heart is therefore anti-kingdom. He who has ears, let him hear. This is the word. This is the, this is the word. Let me show you why it's anti-kingdom because it's anti-commission. It's anti the first command in the beginning. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 it says this, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. How can you be fruitful and multiply if your ground is hard? You hearing me? If the command is to be fruitful and multiply, okay, ask yourself a question. If I'm multiplying evil, if I'm multiplying not so many good things, then what areas of my life maybe have I had hard ground and I'm not multiplying in and I wonder why? And I'm, i listen, I'm eating the same food right now. I'm injecting the same serum right now into my own body. This. What areas of my life, God, am I wrestling for and wrestling with that maybe I'm wrestling for and wrestling with because I have some hard ground. Where are the birds in my life that are snatching my seed, your seed, from my soil? Where are those areas? Man, I want to know. Don't you want to know? I want to know. I want perspective. I want an elevated perspective. I want to see these birds before they come. I want to sniper them out. I want to shoot them down. Throw a rock at them. I, don't want, I want them gone, man. I got these crows that come into my garbage every week. And they, I swear, crows are smart. They're, they're, it's like they know you. They, I swear, the crows recognize my car. I promise you. I, I, I promise you. Like the crows like know my car. I, I like, they're on my, they're on my, you know, and, and they're, they're, on, they're at my garbage can, and it's like I'm coming back from the gym at like, you know, 6.30 in the morning, 7 in the morning, and, and I'm like, like, I'm like at the end of my street, like, like really far away, and they see my white car and they peace. Like, I'm out. Because they know I've been aggressive with them. Because they're snatching. Now, obviously, they're eating my garbage. But we need to do that. We need to get aggressive with the birds in our life. They're trying to snatch the good things and make a mess of our life. Because it makes a mess. Man, these crows, they eat my garbage. It makes a mess all over my driveway. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have the crows? Yeah? Man it says here in verse 28, God blessed them and said, be fruitful. Listen, God will never tell you to be fruitful and multiply to do something He he hasn't already given you the power to do. He blessed them first and then said, go do it. If God tells you to do something, it's because He's already blessed you to do it. If God tells you to multiply, He's already blessed you to do it. If God tells you to be fruitful, He's already given you the seed to do it. Be blessed. So that you can be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the crows, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. That word blessed literally means a declaration of putting something on that wasn't there before. It means he crowned man with the same creative energy that it took to create matter in the first place. The Hebrew word for blessing literally means to endue with power for success, prosperity fruitfulness, and longevity. The word to multiply means to bring into abundance or to increase. So God has blessed you to be fruitful and to multiply. He's blessed you. So if you're not fruitful and multiply, it's because you don't know that he's already given you what you need. And there's some form of a hard heart around you, maybe your history, your trauma, whatever. Listen, I know everybody in this room has a different background, different history, different source spots, different no-go zones, and God, you know, has grace for all of us who are along a journey, but there comes a point at some point in our journey where we have to realize that it may not magically just disappear one day, that we have to steward ourselves through the process, do the hard work that's often heart work, and make sure we can come out on the other side strong. So how do we war for the wayside areas of our lives? I believe we have to do two things. Write this down. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3. We need to find, everyone say find, and pursue two things to break up the hard ground in our life. Number one, actually before we go there, read Proverbs 24, verse 3 with me. It says this, through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is what? So we have wisdom, write this down, and understanding. Two things we need to break up this ground is wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is the starting point second to the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Everything is built from wisdom. Proverbs chapter 8 speaks of the spirit of wisdom being with the Creator as the architect at the beginning. Wisdom is always in the beginning. Wisdom is the blueprint to build the house. If you don't have the blueprint, you can't build the house. Understanding is how to apply that wisdom. You need the skill set to apply the wisdom to follow the plan to build the house. We need wisdom and understanding. If we don't have wisdom, we don't have soft soil. Many ways to get wisdom. Pursue wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Solomon asked for wisdom. He could ask for money. God said, what do you want? I want some wisdom. I want discernment to discern and judge and and lead. And so God said, "Because you didn't ask for money, I'll give you money. I'll make you the richest man that ever lived, basically. But but you're gonna. I'm gonna give you supernatural wisdom and leadership to govern." Wisdom is the base thing. Wisdom actually is the, is the, is, is the first spirit that's mentioned in Isaiah chapter 11 that rested upon Jesus, the seven spirits of God, the spirit of wisdom. Wisdom is first mentioned in Ephesians chapter 1 when Paul says, I pray that God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom is the first gift mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the, the the gift or the word of wisdom. Wisdom is the starting point. Are you hearing me this morning? We need wisdom. Find wisdom. Psalms 111 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and a good understanding have all those who do His commandments. You know someone has understanding of how to apply wisdom by the fruit of their life. That's what he's saying. Those who have understanding, or good understanding, have all those who do His commandments. Proverbs 8, verse 22, the Lord formed me, speaking of wisdom, from the beginning, before He created anything else. The first thing that was created was the spirit, the element, the perspective of wisdom. You're hearing this. Verse 30 says, I was the architect, speaking of wisdom, at His side. I was His constant delight, rejoicing always in His presence. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs fifteen thirty-three says, the fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Where does it come from? The fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9 verse 10. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of what? Say it with me. Wisdom. Wisdom. Man, without wisdom, we're shut out. I remember 2011, September 27th, I had an encounter in my bedroom. I was sleeping. Woke up out of a dead sleep, and I I had an open vision. It was so real, I didn't know. I was like in a trance, literally. And and there was a, a, a secret door in my wall. So imagine my wife waking up, and I'm like, jamming the wall and I'm trying to get into the wall. I knew there was a secret door in the wall and I knew I needed a key to get into this wall but I couldn't get in. So my wife wakes up and I'm like hitting the wall. But I'm having this encounter where there's like something I need to get behind the wall. And God began to speak to me. He said, Sean, wisdom is the key. There are things that are locked behind the wall. There are things that are locked behind the walls of your life that you cannot access unless you have wisdom. There are walls in your life. There are walls around your life. There are obstacles in your life. And the only way to get through and over and in is through wisdom. Wisdom is the starting point. It's the secret key to unlock what I have for you. We get blocked out. We to find number two. Write this down. Find understanding. You guys still with me here? Feel a little bit of a... I feel this like weight of this year, the presence of God. Like I just feel it's that good heavy, it's a good heavy. I was I was up last night till two in the morning and when I was just looking over this and stuff and I could just feel like a mysterious presence in my living room. It was like the presence of Jesus, but it was different. It wasn't like joy. It wasn't even peace. It was like fear of the Lord' presence. There's different aspects of his nature that he'll manifest to you. There's a the healing nature, right? There's, there's deliverance. There's joy. There's peace. There's all kinds of different aspects of his nature, like the fruits of the spirit, right? Different elements of his nature. And last night, I was like, it was almost scary. I was in my, in, in my room and, or in my kitchen, living room, and just praying through this. I had my head down like this. I was just praying. It was it was two in the morning. And I was just praying, and uh, I just felt the Lord say, like, almost like, get ready to be scared. That's really strange. I know, like, as in, there's like a reverence, uh, like a reverence of Him. Of course, that's convicting. It's like, what areas of my life are messed up? Like, like I'm, just, I'm nervous. You know, I'm like, like, nervous. Like, shoot. But this is the beginning of wisdom when we have an understanding of the power of reverence. It's like the beginning. It's the starting point to build our house with understanding. So how do we get understanding? Find understand- Number two, write this down. Find understanding. Wisdom is not understanding. Understanding is applying wisdom. Proverbs chapter 14, 29. He who is slow to anger has great, what does it say? Because there's wisdom. The wise hold their tongue. Right? A fool will vent all his feelings, but the wise hold their tongue. He who is slow to anger has great understanding, listen to this, and profits from his self-control. But he who is quick-tempered exposes and exalts his foolishness for all to see. If you break this word down in the Hebrew, listen to this, it means this, fruit, gain, increase, and, or, listen to this, revenue. Money. Money. To have understanding is the setup, is the application of God's wisdom to be fruitful and multiply in every area. And not just areas like health and wealth. I'm talking about money, revenues, profits, increase. Wisdom applied looks like understanding, and understanding looks like fruitfulness. An increase in your life. Matthew fifteen, verse sixteen to twenty. Listen to this. Jesus is speaking. He says, "This are you still so dull?" Because there's a wrestle between you know we got to wash our hands, ceremonial washings, and it's about the outside, about the what we do on the outside, our behavior. And Jesus is flipping the script on this whole thing about. all, all, you know, all the ceremonial washings and stuff, and he's flipping the script on, like, you know, healing on the Sabbath, and he's wrestling with these religious people, and he says this, are you still so dull and unable to put things together? Verse 17, do you not, say it with me, understand that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But whatever word comes out of the mouth comes from the heart And that is what defiles and dishonors the man. He's flipping the script to say, listen, you are so focused on what's coming at you and towards you that's toxic. But what's coming out of you is what I see as toxic. Because what comes out of you is only a result of what's already come in you. If you have good soil and the soil can embrace the seed, out of the soil will come good things, not bad things. You hearing me? What comes out of you is only a result of what's already in you. That's convicting, isn't it? That's what makes a person unclean. It's not eating pig, not eating bacon, not eating all this stuff, not not washing your hands, not not washing your feet. Now all these things that you're wrestling with, these religious people, he's like, nah. guys, at the end of the day, guys, what makes you wicked is what's coming out of you. And what's come out of you, coming out of you is only a result of what's already come in you. But my focus is uh, is the end result, not the beginning. That's what understanding looks like. To have understanding is to show expression of wisdom. So if you're not showing expression of healthy wisdom, because you don't have understanding. And you don't have wisdom. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. And plans, murders, adultery, sexual immorality, thefts, false testimonies, slanders, verbal abuse, irreverent speech, blaspheming. These are the things which defile and dishonor the man. But eating with ceremonial unwashed hands does not defile the man. You know why that, that script is so important to be flipped? Because that means you couldn't be in the world. If it was what's coming at you all the time that defiled you, you couldn't live in a world. No, it's actually your response to what's coming at you that defiles you. You're called to be in the world, not of the world. Right? You're in it, not of it. So you have to control your response to it. And when you do, you protect yourself from defiling yourself. There's things that I've seen that I could respond to in a negative way which would defile me doesn't mean I shouldn't see those things. Yeah, there's things maybe I shouldn't see. But my response to those things determine what defiles me. What comes out is a reflection and or expression of what comes in. Find understanding. This is how we're going to war as wayside warriors in 2024. We're warring over the areas of our life that are hard, the areas of our life that are, 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 are not able to embrace the seed that God's trying to put in us to produce his fruit. There's a difference between worldly fruit and God's fruit. You want God's fruit? Read Galatians chapter 5. Measure your life, not by the way the world measures success, but by, by the way that God measures success, which is truly significant. It's significance. How are you significant in your workplace? How are you leaving an impact? Not how much, you know accolades you have, but how are you impacting people's soul? Because you're not bringing your money with you when you die, but you'll bring the reward of the souls that you impact. God will be like, good, good, good job. Well, well done. Faithful servant. Yeah, yeah. You know, I blessed you with wealth. Great. And you used it greatly. But what I care more about is how you impacted people's lives. Their souls. People that, you know, were your neighbors that never knew me, that talked to you every day, and you didn't even tell them that you believed in me. That's how he's measuring us. What we do with what we have, that speaks to and into eternity. That's what matters at the end of the day. Man. It just feels so quiet in the room. What is it? Is it like a New Year thing, or is it just like, it's been three weeks? I don't know. What's the the deal, John? Taking it in, eh? Is it so revelational that you're taking it in? Yeah, that would be good, but yeah, I don't believe you. (laughs) We're going to take communion as a house right now, and I want to wrestle as we move into 2024 with God, break up the hard ground. I'm asking for myself, break up the hard ground. Break up areas where birds are just waiting at my door to snatch the seed because they just don't listen. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Break up the hard ground break it up break it up it's interesting cuz i says we get communion ready and we're going to pass it out right away i i've already seen the first segment of god's reward and response to our my, my our own Michelle and I's house of hearts offering i've already seen it but it was different because um Sometimes people have this idea that like we 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 give, and then we just kind of wait for this magical thing to drop out of the sky, but sometimes actually, I'd say most of the time when you when you step out in faith, God will give you the opportunity, and it sometimes means you have to work harder, but now he's given you the door he's opened the door for you, but it doesn't mean it's going to be a cakewalk doesn't mean it's going to be easy, so I've actually seen already the beginning stages of some radical breakthrough from our offering. That was a sacrifice for us. But it's different in that God's opened a door and said, I want you to work harder, Sean. I want you to be more intentional. With that comes a little bit of stress. It's not easy. Well, this is not what I thought, God. Thank you. And I want to encourage us in this hour to ask God, like, what areas of my life do I maybe need to put the time in and steward better so that I can see the very thing that I'm believing for in 2024? That's why I feel like there is a a warring spirit that God wants to release over you, to war over the wayside areas of your life, the areas that are not embracing the seed, the areas where the birds are just consistently snatching them over and over and over and over again. No more in 2024. Can we say that? No more. I don't want the birds of the air. You know, and it's like, I, it's, a, it's a real honest prayer. I don't want these birds to take the seed from me. The areas where in my own life where I feel like the bird, like the seed comes and I'm like, yes. And then it just, it doesn't, it doesn't get into the soil of my life. I want to experience new fruit. What would it be like to be able to grow an avocado in Canadian, Canadian weather? be pretty hard, eh? But you know, in the kingdom, it's possible. I'm not talking about in the natural. I'm talking about in the kingdom, you can grow fruit that you've never grown before. Because we, we we often will will grow fruit in areas that we feel, you know, oh, I'm, I'm patient. I'm very patient. I'm, I'm very naturally like this. And I would question if that's fruit of the Spirit or if that's just the fruit of you, your wiring. Because the fruit of the Spirit is beyond your personality. It's beyond your natural wiring. And I want us to produce fruit that maybe we've never produced before by the Spirit in 2024. Maybe that is patience for you. Maybe that is self-control. Maybe that is perseverance. Maybe that is joy. How many want more joy? But I want more joy. That's why I go snowboarding. That's like, it's like joy. Joy. Although teaching, you know, five people in my family how to snowboard is not necessarily joyful. But one day I'll receive the reward of that perseverance, you know, and the joy. I already have experienced some of it, but there's still, you know, a process. But man, joy, peace. How many want peace? What if the seed of peace has been falling on your soil, but you've not opened your life to it? Because maybe you've come to an agreement within yourself that you'll never be a man of peace. Never be a woman of peace. Never be a woman of or a man of self-control. Never be a woman or a man of perseverance. You'll never be... That person who is joyful. You'll always leave the joy to the next person beside you. I'm just the stoic, you know, you know, serious type and, and and I'm not naturally joyfully expressive. Well, what if 2024 was that year where you actually experienced new levels of joy in your life? Would you want that? I would want that. Don't limit yourself because of your own baggage or your own trauma or your own history or your own present day experience. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23-25 to 25 is Paul's account of communion, the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples. He says, on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He broke it because it was a declaration that his body was about to be broken in half so your body could be restored. That all the pieces of your life could be restored again. And your body could be made whole and healed. Do this in remembrance of me. Because we forget, right? We do this in remembrance of him because we forget. And When we forget, we act like a lower version of ourselves. When we forget, we act like we are not connected to Jesus. It's not because we're not connected to Jesus. We act like we're not when we forget. Do this in remembrance of me. Bring me back to the forefront of your mind and you will win. In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. An agreement confirmed an act. It's a covenant that you are forgiven past, present, and future. Remember, The good news of the Gospel says this, you do not confess your sin to God to be forgiven. You confess your sin to God because you already are forgiven, past tense. It happened one time on a cross over 2,000 years ago. That's the good news of God. Wait a minute, I don't have to confess to God to be forgiven? No. It's a nuance. You confess your sin to God because you already are forgiven. Forgiveness has been made available The price has been paid. All you have to do is receive it, accept it. That's why we confess it. That's why we forgive. That's why we repent. To simply realign ourselves with who he is and what he's already done on our behalf. So we do this in remembrance of me. So in a moment, we're going to take it. And once we take it, before we take it, I want you to hold these areas in your life, and your heart. Where are the areas that are hard right now? Because once we take it, I want us to stand and we're going to worship. We're going to worship for the last five minutes and we're going to slay some giants, okay? I'm going to have some ministry team up here available to pray for you if you need prayer. But once we take it, we're going to stand up and I want us to war over the wayside areas, the hard ground areas that are hard soil that are not allowing the seed to get water, to get life, okay? So think about these areas. What are they? Are they finances? Trusting God with your money? Is it relational? Is it parenting? Is it your friendships? Is it your career? What areas right now? Think about it. Don't, don't look at me. Close your eyes. Ask the Lord to show you what areas of your life are hard right now that are not embracing the seed. What area is it, God? Because we want these areas broken up. We want these areas broken up, softened, the soil of our lives to be fertile, We want to embrace the seed that you put in our lives in this chapter of our life. No more birds taking my seed. No more birds. I curse the crows. Those crows in your life, I curse them. Those crows in your life that are after your seed, I curse them in this season. Those little woodpeckers, those, I had a woodpecker fall into the sky randomly in my backyard this summer. Randomly, just dead. I feel like God said, I'm dealing with the peckers in your life. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. Let's curse those peckers in your life, those, those crows in your life. No more birds. Let them die trying to snatch your seed. Let them die trying to go after you. But they're not taking your seed in 2024. No more. Let's take it. God, stand up. Let's stand up. And God, now we pray we 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 connect our faith with this moment. God and we say as we worship you into 2024 that you are breaking up the ground that we are finding wisdom and understanding. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship. Let's begin to worship. God we're declaring that the ground is breaking up in our marriages, in our families, in our parenting, in our careers. In our finances.